When you become a widow, the heartache can be overwhelming. You feel lost, you feel broken, you feel alone, and sometimes you feel like the pain will never go away. I believe that every widow has the capacity to endure, the power to overcome, and the determination to create a new life filled with meaning and purpose. That's why I wanted to create a show called Widow 180. People tell me they come here for the positivity. They listen to Widow 180, the podcast, to be inspired. They come to Widow 180 to be reminded that they have options, that the pain of loss is not a life sentence. Widow 180 is about turning tragedy, loss, and fear into strength, creativity, and a new passion for life. My mission each week is to arm you with these powerful stories of transformation and knowledge so that you can navigate life after loss. I'm Jen Zwink. I'm so glad you're listening. Let's get to the episode. Welcome back. We have another Monday mini dose episode for you today. Another story of love after loss. It's it's an awesome one. We only have one week left until the Find Love Again challenge. What is the challenge? Well, have you been thinking about possibly dating again and wondering if you're ready? Wondering where the heck to even start? Well, this is a three-day mini challenge to get you on that path to finding love again. It's going to be fun and there's tons of good information, so don't miss it. Sign up at www.widow180.com forward slash challenge. Now let's hear a clip from an interview that I did with Autumn Tolley Jackson. This was back in episode 20. So go back and listen to the whole thing. She's got a great story. And in this clip, she tells me about getting remarried after losing her husband, Joe. Let's give it a listen. When faced with what you've been through uh, and any widow, really, like there are some people that kind of drift out of your life for a little while. And then there are some that just step right up to the plate and they are there. They are your grief person. They are there for you in every way. And sometimes it's so random. Like it's not even a close person. It's just like an acquaintance that, that just, they're like an angel sent to you. So who was your go-to grief person? My go-to grief person was a guy named Kyle and I had known him previously as an acquaintance, but he was a coworker who kind of worked with me, but not very closely. And I really struggled right after Joe died, finding somebody to talk to. Even my mom both of her parents were still alive. My dad was still alive. All of her siblings were still alive. She didn't understand that close loss. And Kyle, this coworker that I'd talked to a number of times but never had any deep conversations with, um, ended up telling me at one point that he'd lost his dad and he understands grief. And if I need somebody to talk to about how other people are making dumb comments to me about it or if I just need to vent about something or if I'm awake at three o'clock in the morning because I can't sleep even though I'm exhausted, he's around to talk to. And I eventually took him up on that offer. Um, he had told me that he always muted his phone at three o'clock in the morning or when he went to bed. And I was amazed that he was always up whenever I had I had these times where I needed to talk. Yeah. Um, and I found out later that when he made that offer, he stopped muting his phone. Oh. <laughs> but he really just wanted to be there and he understood grief and he became this person I could talk to 
mostly through messaging Mm -hmm. and texting, but I didn't have to wear my mask. I didn't have to pretend that what somebody said didn't bother me, even though I knew whatever they said was in the best of intentions. Yeah. I didn't have to pretend to be happy or pretend to be sad. And so he really let me just wear my grief and wear whatever I was feeling. But he also did something that a lot of other people hadn't done, which is he talked to me one about Joe, about my late husband and the things we did and the memories and how we met and really encouraged me to talk about him. And the other thing he did was he talked to me about things that were completely unrelated to my loss. And I found that a lot of people in the community didn't know what to say to me anymore. Yeah. And so just having those normal conversations about school or work or a book I was reading was yeah. really hard for me. was able to bring those normal things back into my life through this conversation. So he really over time became this person that saw the side of me that nobody else was seeing. Yeah. And I didn't have to pretend and wear that mask. So you guys were friends for a while. Um, and he was kind of your, your chief support person, but then things kind of went from friendly to a little more than friendly. And when did that happen? Yeah. (laughs) About five months after Joe had passed away, I was really caught off guard when I realized that, well, I still miss Joe and I still wanted to talk to him about things. Mm -hmm. I also now, whenever something happened, when the kids did something or anything, he had become that person that I wanted to share stuff with. And it got me thinking that, well, maybe, maybe there's more than just a grief person here. Maybe there's feelings. And um, it took a lot of kind of internal looking to even broach the subject with him. And he at first didn't really want to have anything to do with it. He wanted, he was there as a friend. He wanted to make sure that he wasn't taking advantage of me. Yeah. Um, but I really pushed the issue that, I have feelings for you and I had an amazing thing with Joe and I think an amazing thing could happen again. And I wasn't willing to say no to it, even though, like I said, it was five months. It was so soon. And I was so caught off guard by these feelings, but um, we eventually decided to very slowly start dating and having more of a relationship. Wow. So you had that feeling you were, Well, I mean, yeah, you don't want to push that away either. Like you're pushing away your grief, but then you have these feelings for somebody else and you can't ignore that. Yeah. And I think it really helped that right before Joe had died, when I was recovering from birth and I was really tired and he was taking care of our youngest son, the baby a lot that I told him I didn't know what I'd do without him. And normally he'd give some sort of flippant response to that. And this time he took the time and he looked at me and he said, you'd be all right. You'll find somebody who will love you and the boys just as much as I do. And I didn't know where it came from. I don't know why he said that. I don't know why he felt he needed to be serious in that moment. But he told me that and less than a week later he died, but it really made me feel like I had his permission and he saw it coming. So um, I don't, I think that really helped me a lot jump into this new relationship for him to say that yeah standing there with your newborn where did that come from I have no idea he didn't have any health issues that we knew about there was I mean there was nothing 
but it was a gift. That, so I'd, what a gift. My God. Wow. So you, you started dating Kyle and then how did your friends and family react to that? That I really want to know because that was, like you said, it was pretty soon, like six months or so or seven months maybe after. Yeah. So again, I live in a small rural community. So everybody (laughs) knows everybody's business. And I wanted to make sure that my family and especially Joe's family found out from me. And so um, mostly people just wanted to be like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Are you sure you're not just trying to replace Joe? But they'd ask those questions, but overall, they are pretty supportive. Um, Joe's brother was great, and he really just wanted to make sure that I wasn't going to put the kids in a position to be hurt more. And I was watching out for them, but he said, whatever makes you happy is what, what I want you to do, and I'll support you. Good answer. <laughs> yeah, it was a great answer. And... The only place where I really had a little bit of an issue was with Joe's mom. And I called and told her, and I think she just couldn't comprehend when I was telling her on the phone, because at this point she lived seven or eight hours away. And there was a lot of, how could you do this? How could you do that? What's going on? And just a lot of emotions. I think I really caught her off guard. And she didn't she couldn't process it. She didn't understand it. And so it didn't go very well for that phone call. And I know as soon as I hung up, she took the time and I'm sure she talked to her husband about it. And I know she talked to some of her friends about it and some of Joe's friends. And for the most part, the people she talked to said that it was whatever we needed to make me happy and to make the boys happy. And it took her about a week. And after that week, she has become the most amazing person. And she's still very much in our family and has fully embraced Kyle into our life. And not long after. I just wanted to ask you, I'm sorry. So when you're on the phone with her and you're having this conversation and maybe there's a little anger that is coming out where she's saying things to you, like, how could you do this? What is your response? What were you saying? Mostly I was just crying <laughs> and saying, I, I still love Joe. He's always a part of my life. I'm not trying to replace him. He's always going to be there. We're always going to be here for you no matter what happens. And um, trying to reassure her, really, because I think some of the fear was just about that we don't, without Joe, where's the connection to her? Yeah. And I was trying to, to remind her that she's part of our life, no matter what happens, no matter who else is there. Yeah. Um, but I think it was a little out of left field for, and that is a really tough conversation to have. I mean, yeah, yeah. Tears for sure. I can see. Yes. On like, both I mean, sides. It's just hard though, because that's your mother-in-law. So it's like when there's angry words coming at you and you're trying not to be defensive. I mean, you don't want to be defensive. You're just kind of explaining. It's hard to explain to someone though, that, you know, this is the stage that you're at in your grief and 
it's, um, you know, it's not, it's not moving on and forgetting about him. Mm -hmm. It's not at all. But I think people don't understand that. (laughs) Yeah. It's a hard, it's a hard concept for people. And of course it took me a long time to decide that I did actually want to date Kyle. And there was a lot of thinking on that. And so it wasn't really fair to expect her to be supportive when she had 30 seconds (laughs) to try to process it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But like I said, she became the most supportive person and she invited Kyle and I to go up and visit her and her husband at their home. And she took both of us aside and basically sat down and said, there is always room for more love. And that's the big thing. And as long as he treats you good and he treats those boys good, then there's always room for more love and he will be a part of our family. If there are any in-laws listening right now, (laughs) words to think about, right? Yeah. There's always room for more love. Yes. Good, good words. So then you guys get married. You guys got married in June of 2017. And tell, tell us all about your wedding day. Tell us all about that. Yeah, so we went and we had a smallish wedding. I think we the venue only allowed a hundred people, so it was nice to be able to keep it pretty small. And we did it at a formal gardens over on the Pacific Ocean, and it was actually a place I'd gone after Joe had died to try to heal, and so it had special meaning to me. And Kyle was more than happy to go along with that, um, and it's Oregon and the Pacific coast. It's probably going to rain. And we planned for that and we had umbrellas for everybody. And it was an amazing, like 72 degree day, blue sky. It did rain for about five minutes. Um, but everything was just as good as I could have wanted it. And nice. his family and my family and Joe's family were all present and it was, it was emotional, but it was, it was an amazing thing. What, uh, you told me that you had, um, a couple of things there to honor Joe. Um, and tell everybody that idea because I, I love all these things that you did. I, yes. One of the main things we did, and I really went back and forth on this, but we knew we wanted to have a memorial table. Kyle's dad had died and I'd also just lost a grandfather not too long before and um, a cousin I was really close with had passed away also and Joe and he's such a big part of my life and as much as it seems weird to admit it if Joe hadn't died Kyle and I wouldn't be together I'd still be with Joe and so it's kind of one of those weird loops where it's like you don't want the bad thing to happen but the good things that are coming afterwards wouldn't have happened without the bad thing and yes um eventually we decided that all these people mean something to us and they're all very important people in our lives that are no longer there and so we did a memorial table with pictures and we had a picture of joe there and we had a picture of kyle's dad and my grandpa and my cousin and it was right there next to the guest book right where everybody could see that these were the people we love and the people we miss so that was that was one of the first things. And then I really wanted to keep wearing my wedding rings. 
as a widow, that's a huge conversation among widows is when do you take your rings off? When is it appropriate? Are you still married? Should you still wear them? And I did it and I did the same things and I played with it and I took my rings off and I put them back on and I took them off. And at one point in time, Kyle noticed I wasn't wearing them and he goes, you don't have to take your rings off because of me. They're part of your story. And so I really wanted to embrace that in our wedding. And I'd been wearing my wedding band from Joe. And then I'd also had a custom ring made um, that I call a widow's ring that symbolized the years Joe and I had together and the loss. And I wanted to keep wearing those. And I just wanted to add a new wedding band to them. And so I felt it was important to explain that in our wedding ceremony. And so we worked out with the minister that he'd explain that during that ceremony, we were adding a third ring onto my ring finger because there's been love and there's been loss before, and it doesn't take away from what's coming, but it's part of the story. And you can't pretend that part of the story doesn't exist. You can embrace it and love it and honor it and still move forward with wonderful things and a wedding. So. Oh my God, um, Autumn. I love (laughs) this idea. I love, I had never heard anybody talk about this before. I love it though. I have to say when I came up is that Kyle is so into it, you know? Oh yeah. He was whatever would make me feel better. He was all about embracing and uh, he's been amazing for it. And I know when I first came up with the idea, I looked all over trying to figure out what people did. Is this a thing? Is this a thing that I'm allowed to do? And eventually I realized that it didn't matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I could do whatever I wanted. idea though. It's so great. I love it. I love it. So still I wear, I have two wedding bands on my ring finger and a widow's ring in between them. And that's all part of me and part of my story. It is. So why get rid of it? I love it. I love it. And you don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So you start this. Thank you so much for listening to Widow 180, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you're seeking daily inspiration and guidance, you can follow me on Facebook at Widow 180, the community, on YouTube at Widow 180, the channel, and on Instagram at Widow 180. If you're interested in more grief and widowhood resources, including our latest freebie, how to get your life back together after loss, a 10-step checklist, head over to www.widow180.com forward slash freebie. That's www.widow180.com forward slash freebie.